Because I think sometimes talking about healthcare seems very scary and like a little bit of a black box. What exactly do you ask them, right? Um, and if you ask certain things, will that offend them or scare them or something like that? And in general, some of the key questions we ask really have very little to do with medical specifics of a situation and have more to do with, with values and goals and things that are important. Welcome to the With You at Every Step podcast. We address your healthcare questions and help you navigate life's challenges. Our guests share their expertise and real-world advice related to care for older adults, grief and healing, and pregnancy and parenting. Every Step is a nonprofit healthcare and human services organization offering dozens of programs that are there when people need us most. Learn more about our free and low-cost services at everystep.org. Thank you for listening. Here is our host, Holly Carver-Kim. Thank you for tuning in today. Our guest is Dr. Tom Lozier, Chief Medical Director for Every Step. And we're always glad when Dr. Lozier's on the show because we always learn a lot and get some good tips. So thank you again for being on the program, doctor. My pleasure to be here. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, a scenario that affects a lot of people, um, a lot of uh, Gen Xers, Gen Z, uh, baby boomers. I mean, it's, it's as people live longer and longer, uh, that's a good thing, but it also uh, presents some problems for your parents possibly living at home and maybe living at home alone. Um, and so we're going to talk today about how to talk to mom and dad about their health issues and get them to open up. From personal experience, I know that uh, parents often don't want their kids to worry about them. And so they kind of hide their aches and pains. So uh, right off the bat, Dr. Mosher, I'm sure you see this all the time. Uh, you know, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, says mom or dad. But you know better. How do you start that conversation about how they really are doing? You know, it's a very challenging situation to broach. And quite frankly, although I talk with numerous individuals about these things, from the standpoint of palliative care, uh, goals of care, planning sessions, I've never had to talk to my own parents about them as of yet. My, you know, my parents are nearing that age where those conversations will become more critical. But I can only imagine how hard it is when you're actually uh, the child trying to do that. But ultimately, I think the most important thing is to always approach it from a standpoint of how much you love them and how much you respect them and how much you want to honor them. And that because of that, you want to, you want to talk to them about some things that are kind of hard to talk about, but that will give you great peace of mind knowing. And I think that's important because oftentimes parents do respond best when they understand that they're helping their kids too. They're helping their kids, uh, in a sense, maybe future-proofing some challenges that likely will come uh, because we all do know and understand that we will eventually get to a place where we will decline and have some significant health needs. And so to approach it from a standpoint of it will give me great peace of mind to know these things in the future um, can be helpful. And sometimes these realizations as a child, um, an adult child, excuse me, adult child come when you go home to visit and 
in our society today, it's not like when you moved into the house next to mom and dad and farmed the next farm down, or, you know, you live 20 minutes away. A lot of time families are spread across the country, sometimes across the world. And you may get home once or twice a year. Uh, and you come home and you go, whoa, uh, the house is not the condition I thought it was in when I left. For instance, there may be you know, dirty dishes on the counter or, um, you know, sometimes uh, bugs or mice will move in and you start noticing those kind of things. How do you approach that without, um, without insulting your parents when you come home and say, this, this doesn't look safe to me anymore? Yeah. I think to, to just talk to them honestly about, you've noticed some changes that have caught your attention and Ultimately, you want to have the courage to be able to talk to them about those changes because you love them. And would they mind just talking through some of the concerns you have or some of the things you've noticed that are bringing you concern? And I think, again, bathing it in that ultimately out of, out of love for them, you want to have the courage to talk about the things that are hard to talk about. That is a hard thing to do. And I'm sure many of our listeners are, are going through this right now and not sure how to bring the subject up or what am I going to do next? Um, what if you uh, are visiting your parents, let's say, and you notice things don't look safe? Uh, maybe there's holes in the carpet or um, you know, trip hazards in the home. Noticing that your parents are declining or that they're unable to take care of themselves or their environment like they used to doesn't doesn't automatically mean we got to move mom and dad out of the house. Um, there are things that you can do for them, um, like removing trip hazards or those kind of things to so take a look around and see what you can do as their child. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times that might be a situation, particularly if they're more frail and feeble and or have had a hospitalization, that looking into other services like uh, the Medicare home care benefit, um, and a lot of private insurances as well, you know, will cover home care, because a lot of times that home care assessment involves people like occupational therapists who can come in and assess the environment for safety measures and environmental controls would be the terms that we would utilize to make sure um, there aren't tripping hazards, that there are handrails, that there are um, things in place for safety. Uh, in that same evaluation, there might be physical therapists who can come in and work on strengthening, balance, things like that, um, as well as other healthcare professionals who could come in and assess and see if there's any opportunity to better optimize and um, improve their ability to care for themselves safely. So ultimately, you know, from a standpoint of looking at are there resources that can help with this situation to mitigate the risk or help improve the safety of the situation? I know one simple thing that we did for, for my parents, <clears throat> excuse me, I lose my voice today. We did for my parents was talk to the pharmacy about, about the individual day pill packs of here's what you take in the morning, midday, afternoon, whatever the medications were, they weren't having to open up the bottle and remember how many they were supposed to take. That might be an option for, for some people to look into that possibility with your pharmacist. Absolutely. And I would say medication safety is 
very low hanging fruit for pretty much any patient. And it doesn't even mean any elderly patient. I know for myself, there are days that I can't remember did I take my allergy pill or not, right? I mean, just in the busyness of the morning, you're going through your routine. And so when you start adding, you know, 10 to 15 pills a day, um, managing multiple health conditions, it can become very, very uh, confusing and overwhelming to keep track of meds and pill planning. So yeah, looking at those measures and how you, again, can utilize resources like the pharmacy um, for safety measures and help and support, whether or not maybe a home care nurse can come and do pill setup um, and, and assist with that kind of a thing. Just turning a little bit, let's turn the coin over on the other side, because like you said earlier, all of us are going to age and decline. Um, what kind of steps can those of us who aren't in that situation yet, or don't think we are, um, what can we do now to enable those conversations later with our kids? Um, I think that like... <laughs> I think I'm okay physically and mentally so far, but uh, my children, our children have already asked us, you know, you really should move into a ranch because we have a two story now. And uh, are those the kind of things that, that as an adult, you might think, you know, I don't want my kids to go through what I'm going through now. Um, start looking ahead to what you can do to ease it for your children. Yeah. You know, it certainly is a extremely helpful thing to do. Um, I think it's a hard thing because ultimately changes occur very slowly, usually over time. And it becomes challenging to recognize in a self-reflection point of view that maybe you have had changes in your needs. So I would definitely say as you age to just sit down on a regular basis and talk to your kids about the things that are important to you. Um, and there's actually some questions that a lot of times we will ask to get to some of that information. And that might be helpful for me to share with you. Yes. Um, and these are questions that maybe I would almost say it might be good questions kids could ask their parents to help set up the situation. Because I think sometimes talking about healthcare seems very scary and like a little bit of a black box. What exactly do you ask them, Right. Yeah. Um, and if you ask certain things, will that offend them or scare them or something like that? And in general, some of the key questions we ask really have very little to do with medical specifics of a situation and have more to do with with values and goals and things that are important. For instance, what are your most important goals if your health situation worsens? What are the things? that are sacred to you? What are the things that you want me to keep in very, very sharp focus for you if your health situation worsens? And you'll hear all sorts of things, but those things typically are going to be things that they value a lot. And that could be applied to many, many scenarios. And that can give guidance downstream. Uh, for instance, if your loved one says, under no circumstances would I ever want to live in a nursing home. Because if I can't live at my own home and have independence, that wouldn't be good living for me. Knowing that would help guide you through scenarios. If they had a critical illness and doctor said there's a really good chance 
if they survive and we do these aggressive things, they may end up uh, needing nursing care for the rest of their life. That would help you as their child to say, I know mom would not want that. And therefore, I think mom would want you to focus on comfort and not these heroic measures that, that could end up lending to that scenario. Another question that is really helpful to ask is what are your biggest fears and worries about the future with your health? Because sometimes that will open the door to deeper dives and bigger discussions. And again, you can get a really good sense of what somebody values as they start to reflect on the things that they're afraid of and that they're worried about. And that might then open the door for uh, further interventions, you know, Having heard that you're worried about if you were to get uh, injured and not be able to live at home, I think it's important that we get somebody in here to assess the house for safety so that that doesn't happen. So the hip fracture doesn't happen, that kind of a thing, right? So sometimes you can build on that and that can lead you to uh, an even more valuable decision within that conversation. Another um thing that is really important that I often ask are what abilities that you possess right now are so critical to your life that you can't imagine living without them anymore. And that's a, a another way of getting at what's really important to somebody. If somebody tells you my ability to think and articulate and have a conversation is critical to me. Again, that would guide you if they were in a situation where maybe they had had a brain injury and couldn't do those things anymore. I've had patients say, if I can't watch football and eat ice cream, doc, keep me comfortable, but don't, don't do heroic things to keep me in a state <laughs> that lends to that. So, you know, that is really important because everybody values things different. I've had patients say living life is is the most important thing to me. And even if I live life and, and it was in a nursing home, I'd be okay with that, wouldn't choose it, but I'd be okay with it uh, because life is good and I would have value regardless of my, my quality of life, right? So ultimately, talking about those critical abilities um, that people hold at penultimate value can be very, very helpful. And then lastly, uh, a question that can also give you a really good sense of what to do in many scenarios. That is, if you become sicker, how much are you willing to go through for the possibility of gaining more time? In other words, are you willing to go through quite a bit of suffering or invasive procedures or time in the hospital? You can kind of dot, 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 fill in that blank. But what are you willing to go through in order to live longer? And again, that can give you guidance because many, many times, if you ask people, if your heart were to stop, would you want us to do heroic things to try to restart it? That often is a question that is hard to answer. And it's kind of typically people answer that question out of fear because it sounds very scary. Well, I wouldn't want you to do nothing. That sounds painful. Yes, I think I would. But ultimately, when you ask the question, what are you willing to go through? And they say, Quite frankly, my life isn't a quality of life isn't very good right now, and I'm not sure I would want to go through a lot of measures or things that led to comfort or things that were risky that could backfire. That would help the doctors give guidance if their heart stopped 
the chances that we would be able to help them are minimal. The chances that we would cause potential pain and suffering are high, and that would help guide you. So just getting the answers to those things can then set you up downstream for probably any scenario that could come and that could play out. And we'll, we'll give peace of mind uh, when you know those things and are making decisions based in reflection upon those answers. It really just comes down to communication and, and talking about it, or, you know, I've heard uh, or read about, and actually thinking about doing the big book that says, here are all the passwords to all my accounts. Here's what our policies are and how you access them. Um, and then this would be another great document to have in there after you've talked with your family about here are my goals as, as a person, and here's what I would and wouldn't want. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a community in Indiana, um, in La- excuse me, in Wisconsin, La Crosse, Wisconsin, that um, started a movement called Respecting Choices. And in that movement, they had appropriate conversations for any different stage of life um, that you would have with people that would set up um, the kind, these kinds of questions or these kinds of healthcare choices if they had an event. And it revolutionized healthcare in that community. And it improved the quality of care to the whole community. And it improved satisfaction to the whole community because they had, in essence, planned ahead for these kinds of scenarios, whether it was a 20-year-old who just needed planning for what would they want done if they were to be in a uh, critically ill state or have maybe an automobile accident or talking to an elderly person very near end of life with these kinds of questions, the kinds of medical care, the kinds of things that would be important to them if their health failed. Um, so ultimately, um, we know that these conversations are powerful. Uh, it's just they're they're not always easy to know how to have. Great advice. These are great tips for everybody, Dr. Bozier. Thanks again for being on the show today. If you have questions about uh, anything we've talked about or need uh, advice or help, you can always contact us at everystep.org slash care, C-A-R-E. That's everystep.org slash care. And thanks again for joining us. I'm Polly Carver-Kim.